0: chapter 115 of the count of monte cristo by alexandre dumas this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter 115 luigi vampa's bill of fare we awake from every sleep except the one dreaded by Danglars. he awoke to a parisian accustomed to silken curtains walls hung with a velvet drapery and the soft perfume of burning wood the white smoke of which diffuses itself in graceful curves around the room the appearance of the whitewashed cell which greeted his eyes on awakening seemed like the continuation of some disagreeable dream but in such a situation a single moment suffices to change the strongest doubt into certainty yes yes he murmured i'm in the hands of the brigands of whom albert de morcerf spoke his first idea was to breathe he might know whether he was wounded he borrowed this from don quixote the only book he had ever read but which he still slightly remembered no he cried they have not wounded but perhaps they have robbed me and he thrust his hands into his pockets they were untouched the hundred louis he had reserved for his journey from rome to venice were in his trousers pocket and in that of his great coat, he found a little note-case containing his letter of credit for five million and fifty thousand francs singular bandits he exclaimed they have left me purse and pocket-book as i was saying last night they intend me to be ransomed hallo here is my watch let me see what time it is danglar's watch one of bruguet's repeaters which he had carefully wound up on the previous night struck half-past five without this Nonglar would have been quite ignorant of the time for daylight did not reach his cell should he demand an explanation from the bandits or should he wait patiently for them to propose it the last alternative seemed the most prudent so he waited until twelve o'clock during all this time a sentinel who had been relieved at eight o'clock had been watching his door. Donglar suddenly felt a strong inclination to see the person who kept watch over him he had noticed that a few rays not of daylight but from a lamp penetrated through the ill-joined planks of the door he approached just as the brigand was refreshing himself with a mouthful of brandy which owing to the leathern bottle containing it sent forth an odor which was extremely unpleasant to Donglar. Oh! he exclaimed retreating to the farther corner of his cell at twelve this man was replaced by another functionary, and Danglars, wishing to catch sight of his new guardian, approached the door again. He was an athletic, gigantic bandit, with large eyes, thick lips, and a flat nose. His red hair fell in dishevelled masses like snakes around his shoulders. "'Aha!' cried Danglars.This "'This fellow is more like an ogre than anything else. However, I am rather too old and tough to be very good eating.' We see that Danglars was collected enough to jest. At the same time, as though to disprove the ogreish propensities, the man took some black bread, cheese, and onions from his wallet, which he began devouring voraciously. May I be hanged, said Danglars, glancing at the bandit's dinner through the crevices of the door. May I be hanged if I can understand how people can eat such filth? And he withdrew to seat himself upon his goatskin, which reminded him of the smell of the brandy. But the mysteries of nature are incomprehensible, and there are certain invitations contained in even the coarsest food which appeal very irresistibly to a fasting stomach. Danglars felt his own not to be very well supplied just then, and gradually the man appeared less ugly, the bread less black, and the cheese more fresh, while those dreadful vulgar onions recalled to his mind certain sauces and side dishes which his cook prepared in a very superior manner whenever he said, Monsieur Denisot, let me have a nice little fricassee to day. He got up and knocked on the door. The bandit raised his head. Danglars knew that he was heard, so he redoubled his blows. Que cosa? asked the bandit. Come, come, said Danglars, tapping his fingers against the door. I think it is quite time to think of giving me something to eat. But whether he did not understand him, or whether he had received no orders respecting the nourishment of Donglar, the giant without answering went on with his dinner Donglar's feelings were hurt and not wishing to put himself under obligations to the brute the banker threw himself down again on his goatskin and did not breathe another word four hours passed by and the giant was replaced by another bandit Donglar, who really began to experience sundry gnawings at the stomach arose softly again applied his eye to the crack of the door and recognized the intelligent countenance of his guide it was indeed Peppino who was preparing to mount guard as comfortably as possible by seating himself opposite to the door and placing between his legs an earthen pan containing chickpeas stewed with bacon near the pan he also placed a pretty little basket of villetri grapes and a flask of orvieto Peppino was decidedly an epicure. Danglars watched these preparations, and his mouth watered. "'Come,' he said to himself. "'Let me try if you will be more tractable than the other.' And he tapped gently at the door. "'On y va!' coming," exclaimed Peppino, who, from frequenting the house of Signor Pastrini, understood French perfectly in all its idioms. Danglars immediately recognized him as the man who had called out in such a furious manner put in your head but this was not the time for recrimination so he assumed his most agreeable manner and said with a gracious smile excuse me sir but are they not going to give me any dinner does your excellency happen to be hungry happen to be hungry that's pretty good when i haven't eaten for twenty four hours muttered donglar then he added aloud yes sir i am hungry very hungry what would your excellency like and peppino placed his pan on the ground so that the steam rose directly under the nostrils of Danglars. give your orders have you kitchens here kitchens of course complete ones and cooks excellent well a fowl fish game it signifies little so that i eat as your excellency pleases you mentioned a fowl i think yes a fowl peppino turning around shouted a fowl for his excellency his voice yet echoed in the archway when a handsome graceful and half naked young man appeared bearing a fowl in a silver dish on his head without the assistance of his hands i could almost believe myself at the cafe de paris murmured Donglars here your excellency said peppino taking the fowl from the young bandit and placing it on the worm-eaten table which with the stool and the goatskin bed formed the entire furniture of the cell Danglars asked for a knife and fork here excellency said peppino offering him a little blunt knife and a boxwood fork Danglars took the knife in one hand and the fork in the other and was about to cut up the fowl pardon me excellency said peppino placing his hand on the banker's shoulder people pay here before they eat they might not be satisfied and aha thought Danglars, this is not so much like paris except that i should probably be skinned never mind i'll fix that all right i have always heard how cheap poultry is in italy i should think a fowl is worth about twelve sous at rome there he said throwing a louis down peppino picked up the louis and Danglars again prepared to carve the fowl stay a moment your excellency said peppino rising you still owe me something i said they would skin me thought donglar but resolving to resist the extortion, he said, "Come, how much do I owe you for this fowl?" Your Excellency has given me a louis on account. A louis on account for a fowl? Certainly, and your Excellency now owes me a four thousand nine hundred and ninety-nine louis. Danglars opened his enormous eyes on hearing this gigantic joke. Come, come this is very droll very amusing i allow but as i am very hungry pray allow me to eat stay here is another louis for you then that will make only four thousand nine hundred and ninety-eight louis more said peppino with the same indifference i shall get them all in time oh as for that said donglar angry at this prolongation of the jest as for that you won't get them at all go to the devil you do not know with whom you have to deal peppino made a sign and the youth hastily removed the fowl Dongla threw himself upon his goatskin and peppino reclosing the door again began eating his peas and bacon though Danglars could not see peppino the noise of his teeth allowed no doubt as to his occupation he was certainly eating and noisily too like an ill-bred man "'Brute!' said Donglars, Peppino pretended not to hear him, and without even turning his head continued to eat slowly. Donglar's stomach felt so empty that it seemed as if it would be impossible ever to fill it again. Still, he had patience for another half-hour, which appeared to him like a century. He again arose and went to the door. "'Come, sir, do not keep me starving here any longer.' but tell me what they want nay your excellency it is you who should tell us what you want give your orders and we will execute them then open the door directly Peppino obeyed now look here i want something to eat to eat do you hear are you hungry come you understand me what would your excellency like to eat a piece of dry bread, since the fowls are beyond all price in this accursed place. Bread, very well. Hello there, some bread. He called. The youth brought a small loaf. How much? Asked Danglars. Four thousand nine hundred and ninety-eight louis, said Vapino. You have paid two louis in advance. What? One hundred thousand francs for a loaf? one hundred thousand francs repeated peppino but you only asked one hundred thousand francs for a fowl. we have a fixed price for all our provisions it signifies nothing whether you eat much or little whether you have ten dishes or one it is always the same price what still keeping up this silly jest my dear fellow it is perfectly ridiculous stupid "'You had better tell me at once that you intend starving me to death.' "'Oh, dear, no, your excellency, unless you intend to commit suicide. "'Pay and eat.' "'And what am I to pay with, brute?' said Danglars, enraged. "'Do you suppose I carry one hundred thousand francs in my pocket?' "'Your excellency has five million and fifty thousand francs in your pocket.' that will be fifty fowls at one hundred thousand francs apiece and half a fowl for the fifty thousand danglars shuddered the bandage fell from his eyes and he understood the joke which he did not think quite so stupid as he had done just before come he said if i pay you the one hundred thousand francs will you be satisfied and allow me to eat at my ease certainly said peppino how can i pay them oh nothing easier you have an account open with Messrs. thompson and french vide Banqui, rome give me a draft for four thousand nine hundred and ninety eight louis on these gentlemen and our banker shall take it Danglars thought it as well to comply with good grace so he took the pen ink and paper peppino offered him wrote the draft and signed it here he said here is a draft at sight and here is your fowl Danglars sighed while he carved the fowl it appeared very thin for the price it had cost as for peppino he examined the paper attentively put it into his pocket and continued eating his peas end of chapter 115